You know what's fun? Driving with your windows down. You know what's not fun? Driving with your windows down in a torrential downpour, while someone is also taking credit for work you've done. Please keep in mind that the stories written for and read on the show are the protected creations of the people who wrote them. Unless otherwise noted, any similarity between these and other works are purely coincidental, and redistribution or publishing of these stories without the author's consent is prohibited. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of Parallel Words. I am your host, John Jagger. I am joined once again by my counterpart, Aaron Green. Aaron, how are you? Good evening, everyone. I am I'm well. It is it is late, and I am tired, but I am well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have started this back when you were awake, but instead we decided to talk about Batman and Spider Man. And and the amazing. Uh, comic or story or movie that would be created by the combination of the two not yep. as in like spider bat or anything like that but more right you know the adventures of batman and spider-man his young ward kind of a way yeah the amazing spider bat <laughs> it flies so around silly. and then lands on the ground and crawls around too i am the knight it can do both things <laughs> Uh, so oh, how man. are you, Aaron? Hey, you know, did I? I already kind of asked that. You did kind of already ask that, but again, I'm I'm still well. Okay, that hasn't changed. <laughs> that hasn't changed. All right, uh, wait, in uh, the, another minute. The, the interceding minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it is late. <laughs> I told you this is going to be entertaining. Yeah, it's going to cause problems. We'll see what happens. Uh, so hey, everybody, uh, we got good news for you. Both Aaron and I wrote a story this week two stories we've Yay. got a whole two of them oh, um snap and they you know what it turns out 250 word stories are really short yes it was uh incredibly difficult you know i mean i knew it was going to be a little tough uh, since i already have uh extreme difficulty keeping with word limits but man I had to cut a lot. <laughs> yeah, me too. I got an idea and I thought, oh, this is perfect. Like, this is going to be, if anything, it's going to come up short and then I can just elaborate on it. And I sat down and I started typing it and I was about two thirds of the way through and I looked and I was about 10 words over at that point. And yeah. I was just like, really? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Ten words. You are lucky. I think that when I went through my first draft, I was easily seventy-five words beyond, oh, you know, what needed to happen. And I was like, "Oh man, I hadn't even finished the story. Like, I had gotten through some of the major parts, and <laughs> yeah. I knew exactly what I was doing. But then I looked at it, and I'm like, "Crap! I'm at almost three hundred and fifty words here." what am I going to do? And I had to just like, I had to clean slate it. Like I saved what I had, but then I put it in the, you know, the fun new snap feature on windows where it's like, I had them side by side. I had the, the original version and my, <laughs> yeah. my, my new one that I'm like, the old version just ain't going to fly here. And I had to start over again. And I started, you know, I cut out so much of the prologue to stuff. And I think, you know, I mean, I think, I think ultimately it ended up being, you know, pretty solid, but at the same time it was like, man, I wanted, I wanted more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had the same problem. Um, we'll get into it a little bit more when we actually start talking about the uh, the story specifically. Mm -hmm. But mine was definitely going to be a bit more theme focused, mm -hmm. uh, as far as uh, kind of a whole little play on the superpower idea Man, that you're, ultimately you're just a I rebel, just aren't do. you? Yeah. You're stretching those themes pretty pretty far, but you know what? They, in a good way. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, to me, you know what? We'll talk about it when we get to the story. Let's okay. uh, let's start with start with just asking you. Uh, you know, how did the write go? Uh, you know, like I said, it was it it was really fun, and I enjoyed it. And you know, I mean, being an enormous nerd, as my wife constantly reminds me, uh, lovingly, of course. Uh, 
the idea that you know, I, I like talking about superpowers and I like going off on those tangents and I think they're really fun and they add a lot of, you know, uh, it, it creates a lot of entertaining situations. Yeah. You know, especially when we got into the whole mundane superpowers thing. For me, that just just killed it. It was great. So, but for me, like I had, I had a bunch of different ideas in the direction that I could go. Like, honestly, I had like a notepad thing pulled up and I had like <laughs> six different ideas that I could do. And ultimately the one that just, it just like, it reverberated with me. It was, you know, just struck that one particular chord. Uh, and it, it tied into kind of, you know, some of the conversation that we'd had, you know, prior to coming up with the idea and everything like that was, you know, was just, uh, it, it just kind of, solidified all together into something and it was you know it, one of those epiphany moments where i'm like no these are good i'm gonna save them this is the one that i need to do and it became the uh the story that uh uh that the audience will be hearing hopefully pretty soon yeah very shortly um <laughs> before we get into Emphasis it on shortly <laughs> yeah wah, wah. They, they were short <sighs> um so uh, real quick, just how my write went, it was uh, very similar. Mm -hmm. I kind of, when we were done, uh, you know, my mind was swimming with all these ideas uh, kind of relating to the discussion. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I've tried to do on this show, and, you know, maybe sometimes I've been successful, maybe sometimes not so much, is mm -hmm. I like to play with expectations a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like we talk about the topics and we throw out a whole bunch of ideas in coming up with the topics. So I tend to try to stay as far away from the things we've actually talked about as I possibly mm -hmm. can, while hopefully still adhering to the topic. So yeah. uh, a lot of my initial ideas were very uh, comical and very, you know, very light and, oh, what's the silliest superpower I can come up with? And then ultimately mm -hmm. I thought, you know, we kind of talked about that stuff. I want to talk yeah. about something different. And so that's what I did with mine. And mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned this story earlier. I will mention it again for the benefit of the listening audience. Um, <laughs> I was actually out for a, a walk because every, every night I try to, to go out for a little walk and come up with ideas and just think and, you know, have a little bit of time when it's not a gajillion degrees out to uh, – <laughs> To kind of focus my mind on stuff. You know, and it's I, the healthy thing to do both physically and intellectually. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, I, as I was going, I came up with this idea and I wrote it in my head. And I thought, all right, great. I got it. I immediately turned around and went straight back home to write it. Um, I was probably only about... Eh, I don't know, quarter of the way through the intended walk when I had it done. And I just immediately like walked in, grabbed my laptop, went to a quiet corner of the house, sat down and wrote it all in one sitting. So mm -hmm. that tends to be uh, a good way to write. And I had a great time with it. Yeah. So, uh, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and say, Aaron, whatever you want to say to intro it, and then we will play your story first. All right. Well, um, so, uh, Last week, when we were when we were discussing through, uh, we kind of settled on this idea where we were talking about uh, how it was. It kind of blew our minds that one day in the future, instead of you know, kind of you know, the elderly in rest homes playing um, you know shuffleboard uh, and stuff like that, they were going to be playing PlayStation and Xbox and you know, calling each other rocket whores and stuff like that. And that just, it, it blows my mind to think of that, you know, time in the future. <laughs> and so for some reason that stuck into my brain there. And I came up with this idea where, okay, so we want kind of mundane superpowers, something kind of silly. Well, what if it was you would have superpowers and, uh, you know, you would have these superheroes and then, you know, eventually superheroes get old and what happens when they retire or they want to kind of rest in peace but not be dead type of a thing and so i kind of got into this idea of a retirement home for superheroes and kind of got into this whole idea of you know kind of what would happen to them in that situation and that kind of led me into here um 
And, you know, uh, unlike, you know, you, John, I did kind of go, I, you know, I felt like I kind of went a silly route, but at the same time, I wanted it to be almost respectful in some way, uh, in, in terms of kind of, you know, what was going on with it. So, uh, I hope I kind of came across that way, uh, in the presentation. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's really all of the, you know, it's only 250 words. It's, I think that my explanation of the story went <laughs> the, far beyond. Yeah, the intro is now longer point. than the story. So, uh, so here's, here's my story. Shady Rest, Retirement Home for Heroes by Aaron Green Holy shit, Ken whispered excitedly. That's Walt Kristoff. This happened every time we got a new employee. It was always, that's Red Wing, or is that Lady Justice? That's the friggin' compatriot. I sighed. Yes, I replied wearily. Walt Kristoff used to be the compatriot. Now he's just Walt. Don't pester him. But no buts, Ken. If you want to keep your job, don't bug people. They're here because their crime-fighting days are behind them, and they want to age in peace. All right, no bugging the superheroes, Ken sighed disappointedly. Good, newbie, I said, and we moved through the commons and toward the staff room. So, Ken whispered, as we passed a group watching The Price is Right. Anything else I should know? One thing, I said, as we passed through the staff room's saloon doors. As they got older, their powers started disappearing. They don't like people knowing it, but most of these guys are almost powerless now. Only, a lot of them have developed these... secondary powers. Like what? It's all really tame. Most of them are barely powers. Miss Finkel, you know, the bluebird? Now she just hovers a quarter inch off the floor on Wednesdays. Whoa. I know, right? The compatriot can only tell what you had for lunch yesterday. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it kind of is, I replied. But it's life. They spent theirs keeping us safe, so we ignore it when they sometimes fart music when they walk. We owe them that much, at the very least. All right, that's uh, that is Aaron's story. Um, I gotta say, just jumping in, kind of with what you said in the intro, as sort of my gut immediate reaction to the story is mm-hmm. it, it ends on a bit of a joke on one hand, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there is something very sentimental about that and very, you know, kind of like you said, respectful, where it's like, hey, here's something really funny, but ultimately look at what these people are doing because hey we're we're proud of these people so there, yeah. there's you know there's a touching moment to it yeah um, and that was and that was what i wanted to go with you know it's i kept thinking you know this would be like these would be like you know the golden age superheroes you know uh of you know whatever was going on these are the people that like you know i almost wanted to do it like you know they were you know the suit active in like you know the 60s and the 70s and stuff like that where they were um you know they were really kind of that that almost retro vibe to them um in that way you know i was thinking of uh you know kind of the initial go in like watchmen yeah you know, where you had that original group and that idea or, you know, even going into the, like the idea of the Incredibles with Pixar, uh, I just had that, that feeling involved with it. So that was just kind of the, you know, the overall aesthetic that I had with it. And it just, it was one of those things where it was like, you know what, we're here to help these people because they helped us. And so we overlook the silly things out of, respect as much as the fact that we kind of don't want to you know bring it up to someone hey did you know that you fart 
music. You know, music <laughs> when you walk around. You know, so I had the idea of, you know, the walking farts and, yeah. you know, the idea that, you know, sometimes, you know, when you get older, you know, you don't, you can't control things so often. And so would that be the same thing with their superpowers or, you know, would it be something that they obtained kind of later in life as, you know, second or tertiary, you know, superpowers that kind of came with it. So I really like that idea, by the way. Um, I was writing a story. The walking farts. Uh, well, okay, yeah, but <laughs> I like that. But um, no, the idea that superpowers degrade as the person gets older. Um, yeah. I was working on a story that was about a supervillain who is uh, locked up by his extended family mm -hmm. in a retirement home. And he proceeds to use his evil genius to try and escape and get out. And ultimately, he finally succeeds. Um, but he succeeds and then sees his old arch nemesis being wheeled into the retirement home by his family. Mm -hmm. And he opts to stay in so he can continue to try and make this hero's life kind of a living hell inside mm -hmm. this nursing home. Like, all of a sudden, it's like he's an, found an his true calling. camaraderie. Yeah, so he has decided, like, I'm, no, you know what, I'm going to stay, because I can torment this man for till the end of his days now if I stay. And so mm -hmm. I, I had never really considered the option that, like, you know, what if their their superpowers degraded? Yeah. And uh, I, I really like that idea. I think it's it's really creative and a really good one. Yeah, you know, and I kind of, like, I toyed with the idea of having, like, you know, having their their power still stay, but it didn't, like, so they would have, like, these new powers on top of the old ones, but it didn't feel right, you know, they yeah. have someone that was, uh, you know, it's, I liked the idea that these people who had spent their entire lives being, you know, essentially, you know, incredibly powerful figures both you know physically and kind of socially as well all of a sudden not having that anymore and so it was more of like you know it was not just an adjustment to i'm no longer you know fighting crime it's an adjustment that i now need people to help me do things that i didn't need help doing before and i thought that was kind of an interesting um parallel you know well to you know, what happens when you do get older. Yeah, right? and that's what I was going to say. It, it also matches, you know, it matches reality. When <laughs> when people get older, I mean, they go from their prime where they are, you know, sharp as a whip and physically <laughs> super fit and all these things. And just time starts to chip away at that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's hard. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's so easy to criticize and poke fun at, you know, the old man that's having a... A tough time crossing the street really you shouldn't yeah. ever poke fun at that but no uh, but i mean at the same time you know it's the idea that you know that same guy probably did some really incredible things and he just doesn't have that ability anymore you know and that kind of got into the the idea of the mundane superpowers and kind of that secondary way as well of you know just doing what we do now to someone who does not have that ability any longer, you know, could seem like a superpower type of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I really liked it. Um, you know, what was in your eyes, some of the stuff that you had to cut that was difficult to cut? Oh man. Uh, you know, I had had this big, long kind of introduction to it and kind of got into this, you know, the history, like I was talking about, like this golden age type of a thing and was going into the history of the universe that I'd created here. And I, I had to ultimately, I just, I had to get rid of it because while, um, while I really liked what it did and kind of what it set up, it just ultimately wasn't as important as establishing the characters so you know it was just kind of i had to choose between these two different things and you know the stuff that won out was the immediate was you know these two characters you know the first person narrator character and then this guy ken the newbie uh having to come through and you know, kind of showing him the ropes and telling him, you know, yeah, these guys were incredible, uh, not to use the pun. Um, but you know what? They're just, he's just, 
he's just Walt now, man. Leave him alone. Yeah. Uh, kind of a thing. So, you know, I mean, it was, there was lots of that. I had kind of more explanations of stuff. I had uh, way more in kind of backgrounds of kind of the couple of superhero characters that I did mention, you know, where I, I mentioned uh, the compatriot. And that was for some reason that one, that, that, uh, that superhero name stuck with me for some reason. I don't know why I picked that, but it just came into my brain where it's all like, that sounds like a really golden age type of superhero name, you know, just like, you know, very, you know, obviously patriotic sounding, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and then the bluebird and stuff. I had more involved with who they were and kind of what they used to be able to do. But ultimately when it came down to it, that was less important than the realization that they weren't that person anymore. So, you know, right. that was that was tough. Like I wanted to tell those stories, but it just ultimately it was just I I had to make you know, a lot of stuff ended up on the cutting room floor as it were, proverbially speaking. Yeah, as it as it often does. <laughs> Especially with us, apparently. Yeah. I I I'm waiting anxiously for the time we we do a story where we're like Oh man, I had to really just expand on some ideas to get it up to where it needed to be. Right. I don't think that day is ever going to come. <laughs> Never. We, our imaginations are far too fast for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know what else do you feel like uh, saying now that spoilers have been given? People know what the story <laughs> is about. Uh, you know, put put a little punctuation on the story for us. You know, it was uh, it was tough to get it down to where it needed to be but ultimately you know and i feel like i say this a lot the idea that having to cut it down and having to trim it and cut off that fat i really think is is important uh because a lot of the times at least i know with me personally as you know, not just a, you know, a writer in and of myself, but, you know, an English teacher, I find myself wanting to elaborate and expand and use all of those fun ways of saying things when honestly, sometimes you just need to cut back a little bit and focus more on the core of what you're saying. And that can be more powerful. And I think that in the cutting that I did, especially with the backstory stuff is, it's not saying that it wasn't, you know, good, but at the same time, it kind of needed to go in order to get the story where it was actually telling what it needed to tell instead of just having me ramble on about all of this other stuff. So, you know, the importance of editing... I guess is my punctuation there. <laughs> Can I do that? Should do like a bum ba type of a sound. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm edit man. <laughs> that would be that would be horrible. Um, you know what though? I think it's so you know it's so true that you get in there and you take a look at it and you have all these lines and ideas and thoughts that are so important at the time. Um, but then you cut them and you look at the story as a whole and you think, you know what, ultimately this was really, you know, this really worked out better this way. Ultimately, I really feel strong, uh, stronger about this story uh, for what it is because, you know, it's it, it just somehow it gets tighter and it gets focused and you cut out a lot of the fluff. And, you know, that doesn't mean you can't ever expand on these ideas or, oh, or things yeah. like that. But uh, for what it is, it makes for a really strong narrative. And so I thought yours was Thank very you. focused and very, you know, it was very sweet. Like, yeah, that was that was what I was going for, you know, is <laughs> one of those things where you kind of read it and you chuckle, but then it kind of makes you go on oh, the back of your head. Yeah, well, because I mean, honestly, I go really, really dark a lot of times. That's tends to be my default setting, I suppose. Right. Is more toward the the gothic or the horror in terms of theme and tone, I suppose. And I wanted to really kind of go out of my comfort zone there. And I think that going into something that was more sweet and genuine and honest and just being what it was instead of trying to have all kinds of undertones and stuff like that, which generally you do with horror and gothic lit, is 
just let it be and let it tell its own story and not try to make it intense <laughs> like camping <laughs> yeah you know so it's true i mean we all have our our comfort zones you know our wheelhouse that mm-hmm. it's so easy to fall back on and be like i want to write within this um that uh it's it's good to challenge yourself to step outside of it from time to time yeah there was no violence whatsoever nobody got eaten by a couch no one got eaten by anything uh there were no buckets of blood anywhere uh you know it was uh it was i I wanted it to be very slice of life and i think that in cutting it down like i did i think it managed that pretty well yeah for sure so there you are that was uh the shady rest retirement home for heroes (laughs) in, in terms of my entry so enough enough about me i'm i'm i I don't want to turn this into a an Aaron party uh, <laughs> because honestly, uh, I want to. I do want to actually talk about yours because I I want to know a lot more in terms of kind of the direction that you were taking with it. You said it was kind of one of those, you know, came into your brain while you were doing something and you immediately had to run and go go put it down. I, I want to know more about the concept and. You know, kind of where you came with it and so uh how do you want to uh to introduce uh your story for this week john so for this week i'm going to go with a real basic uh introduction because i i feel like most of the stuff i want to talk about all revolves around uh what the story is when it's all said and done mm-hmm. so i'm going to just say that you know I, I looked at mundane powers, and it was a very, as we said, it was a very silly, uh, lighthearted conversation, and I wanted to kind of turn that on its head somewhat, and I wanted the person with the mundane powers to be exceptionally important, and that was part of the core idea that, that caused this story, so I will leave it at that. Uh, we'll go ahead and play it, and then I'll have a lot more to say about it. People Who Fly by John Jagger Even from the deepest parts of his dreams, he could hear the screaming. The weight of a long day, of only being asleep for two hours at most, was like being buried under tons of sand. Still, he's out of bed without hesitation. I'll take this, he says not knowing if she's even awake or aware. It doesn't matter. He's already out the door. He moves as fast as he can, thankful to be moving at all. In his wake, he scatters his doubt, worry, and fatigue aside like leaves. Standing in the doorway, he sees the small bed holding an even smaller body, a body that writhes beneath the sheets, whimpering and crying. He kneels beside the bed, his heart breaking as it has every time before, and he rocks the boy awake. Dad? He takes his son's hand and holds it gently. His son squeezes back tightly. He's not sure if it's because his son is still scared of what the world showed him this night, or if he is just making sure this is real, but it doesn't matter. He is here for him now. Without another word, his boy settles and drifts back to sleep. Never letting go of his hand, he sits on the floor, resting his head next to his son's. He imagines his boy dreaming of supermen, people who fly, people with amazing powers. As sleep finally begins to catch him, he thinks, I don't have superpowers, but this is good enough. so that is my story um you know people who fly i think that's what it's called right uh yeah i think that was what you called it (laughs) it's so weird recording it like this because all we do 
and a little behind the scenes here, folks. Uh, when we record this actual show, we've already read our stories, and you know, in this case, we wrote them about a week ago. Yeah, just about. So we've already heard it all, and we insert it after we've recorded. So when we say, "So without further ado, here's our story," then it's just Aaron and I kind of sitting here quietly for about three seconds. So I'll Which know where to put really it. Really weird because when it comes down to it, like you could listen to it and say it's right here and we could stop for, you know, maybe a, fr- you know, a fraction of a second or a second at most. And it would still be able to go in there because, you know, <laughs> the power of digital engineering and all of that. But even still, we sit here quietly, like we're waiting for one of us to start talking. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then we kind of decide, all right, well, let's go, let's get back. So, uh, the, the, problem with that is for you guys you just heard me say the title and read through the story and it sounds all fresh and new uh but for us it's like okay what was that thing i did a week ago and i don't remember what i did yesterday necessarily so a week ago is ancient history it was was a different era it was a different different time. time we could get away with more stuff back then you know, we had more freedom. Gas only cost three dollars and seventy-eight cents. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to the three eighty-five that it is today. Dear God, inflation! <laughs> Back in my day, uphill in the snow both ways, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause is that is that something that everyone's grandparents say? Did my your gran- grandparents, did your grandparents never actually said it to me. Really? They may have my- said it ironically at some point. Uh, as just kind of like, uh, eh, you know, uphill both ways, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. I think it was very casually mentioned, maybe. Yeah. But uh, they never yeah. actually said it. No, my my grandpa actually actually said stuff like that. You know, he's a awesome, amazing man, and he was a very crusty, uh, <laughs> being a navy man. Uh, actually in in world war Two, and it was just one of those things where it was just like he would say these things and you'd be like i don't know if i need to take him seriously here or not because the guy had an insane sense of humor at the same time so right. part of you would be like he would say something with such conviction and then you'd be like wait that was something ridiculous <laughs> you didn't say it like it was something ridiculous did that stuff really happen then? Oh, and man. you have to kind of go, you know, think about it questioningly in that way, you know? We're bringing it back to last week with the idea that everybody's just rickrolling us. <laughs> Something what didn't happen. What the world is these things? Yeah. Why are you doing these things to me? You remember the Covenant Wars? I do. Oh, man, you and me both. It was <laughs> tough times for everyone. It was. It was a different era. Uh, different time anyway that's what we're trying to (laughs) let everybody know that's the moral of this story is a week ago was a different age a better age Uh, the greatest age we are essentially uh the greatest generation is what we're trying to say (laughs) yeah wow that win (laughs) i don't know if that's disrespectful or blasphemy or some combination of the two of them aaron did Uh, we say it if the answer is yes it was probably disrespectful this this is true i think uh you know in our in our long run of six episodes now uh people have you know have grown to understand our irreverent side yeah i think uh, i think that's spot on yeah so, uh, so yeah, I, I wrote this story that might be called People Who Fly. Um, we're pretty sure that that's the title. Um, I, I think I know it was three words because I remember when it was all said and done, uh, the word count on my page was uh, 253. So subtract the three-word title, and I was spot on this week. Aw, snap. Yeah, for me, that's crazy because I almost always go over. So I, I'm proud I of you, John. Hit the mark this week. You're making good steps. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, um, kind of as a follow-up to the story, um, mm-hmm. the idea that kind of got me on the path of it 
is, like I said, I wanted to come up with a mundane superpower, but I wanted it to be something that was legitimately useful, maybe not really a superpower so much, but I wanted it to be something that a superhero couldn't necessarily do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I mean, obviously you can say, well, if Superman had a kid, he could probably go and be a good dad to that kid. But the, the reality is... And you could even probably say, hey, if Superman visited this kid, that kid would probably be stoked. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's kind of that that care and love that comes from your family that is something mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it is a power in and of itself. And it's not flashy and it's not flying and it's not super strength or anything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I remember a time growing up when I was just – at the sickest I've ever been, I was, mm-hmm. you know, just throwing up and and barely conscious, and it was just a really bad time. And I remember my dad coming in, and I remember him sitting next to my bed, and I remember he just, I think he just put, like, his, his arm on my shoulder or something like that while I was laying there. And for the first couple of minutes, I was still, you know, coughing and hacking and, you know, gross stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but there was something about having him in the room where it wasn't I wasn't just sitting there kind of suffering alone in the dark, like that he mm-hmm. was there that immediately made it to where like I could sleep and and yeah. I fell sound asleep and I had a wonderful night's sleep and I woke up and I felt so much better. And it was one of those things where, you know, I'm not saying my dad has curative powers or anything like that. <laughs> But it's one of those things where it was like, that is something that you can only get from your family. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, creepiness factor aside, a strange man cannot walk into your bedroom, put his hand on your shoulder, and make it a good night for you. I think that that would actually end up doing the opposite for most people. <laughs> I know it certainly would for me. I believe I would have difficulty sleeping <laughs> forever. <laughs> Uh, we're all of a sudden to some random guy to not only make it into my house and into my bedroom, but come and lay hands on me. Hey there, kid. My name's Lazy Eye Joe, and I'm gonna help you fall asleep. My name's Seymour. I hear you've been having trouble sleeping. I'm gonna try not to fall asleep while I'm watching you, cause sometimes when I when I breathe real hard, I whistle. <laughs> Who is this character that you have created? It's Lazy Eye Joe. <laughs> they call me that on account of my eyes looking two different directions. Ah, <laughs> oh, I can't tell if that's really funny or I'm really tired right now. I'm a lovely vagabond <laughs> that likes to sneak into people's houses and hang out with them while they sleep. <laughs> There's nothing creepy about it. It's just something I do, only to make people more comfortable. I like allow to make them to sleep. People happy, and people happy makes Lazy Eye Joe happy. And when people are happy, they're more likely to allow me to eat something out of their refrigerator. Perhaps for... a honey baked ham or some sort of cheese. <laughs> or some hardtack, if that is what you're into. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where that came from because mine started sounding uh, a lot like Mike Tyson there for a little <laughs> bit. Uh, so again, I'm not really sure what that was, but Lazy Eye Joe would also be okay if you had black tar heroin, but I understand that most people do not have that. Uh, it is not something that people genuinely keep in their pantries. And now he's Homestar Runner, apparently. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> Thanks for stopping by, you guys. Thanks for waking my cat lamp. <laughs> Oh man, Power that was a flashback. Frogman's computer into a wet computer. <laughs> Never a big soda. Oh, oh. man. Alright. <sighs> it's been like forever since I've been to Homestar Runner. Oh man, it's kind of a dead thing at this point, but they're all on YouTube at this point, so. There you go. You know? Free plugs. Hoorah. <laughs> Not since random.org have we given yep. out so many free plugs. <laughs> Random.org. When you need a new uh, random number generated, go to random.org. And, uh, you know, don't forget the most important plug of the night, Lazy Eye Joe. Yes. 
Lazy Eye Joe. <laughs> he's he somehow he heard this and he's turned to his buddies who are around him at the barrel and he's like, Do you hear that? They're talking about me. Cause you know this is all of a sudden broadcasted on old timey radio during the Great Depression. Nah, Lazy Eye Joe found an iPad. <laughs> Which he wouldn't sell for black tar heroin. No, there's an iPads for podcasting. All the other iPads are for selling. It's something he comes across very frequently. Me and his, Cotton uh, Mouse Smitty, we like to go shopping. For Apple merchandise. The Apple Store is and our drugs. favorite location. <laughs> it does kind of turn into Mike Tyson really quickly. Yeah, you know, <laughs> now, now all I can do is imagine Mike Tyson uh, <laughs> with the with the you know his big face tattoo but like a crazy beard and missing teeth and his eyes going opposite directions see <laughs> yeah. i just i just picture want... mike tyson like he's going into his living room he's got one of those big like leather chairs and he's wearing like a smoking jacket and like he sits down in the chair hello kids you see him pull out like his white earbuds and he puts them in and he reaches over and he presses play and this show starts playing and then they hear he hears us say that and he just goes hey <laughs> and then it gets really sad oh man <laughs> cotton eye cotton eye joe where did that come from because like Lady. i said cotton mouths yes there you go lazy eye here yeah i i will i will bite your ear off uh, for for anything, um, you know, be a sandwich or an iPad or some cheese of some um, sort. <laughs> Especially if you have those little laughing cow triangles. <laughs> Lydia, you'll love those. Those are delicious, like- and they keep they keep quite well in my hobo satchel. <laughs> <laughs> rucksack. <laughs> I like to call it a rucksack. But with my lisp, it is very difficult for me to say these things. Rucksack. <laughs> R-U-C-K-T-H-A-C-K-S. Rucksacks. I have two because I'm moving up in the world. Don't touch my cans. <laughs> oh my god. This is almost entirely unusable. Oh, it's usable. It's all in. Oh, it's all in there. No so matter what, none of this is getting cut. Oh man. Um. So oh. anyway, my story, which doesn't feature hobos or Mike Tyson, uh, um, which is going to be a really interesting segue if you do end up cutting it. <laughs> yeah. Just out of nowhere, just like. So my story, which doesn't involve these things. Aaron, let me tell you a little bit about my story. It does not feature hobos or Mike Tyson. What do you think of that? (laughs) Well, I think you've lost 10 points, and I hope you enjoy hearing Wasn't Aaron's Story Great? Uh, All over again. Uh, It just made me think of like, you know... Hi, I'm here for this job interview. Let me tell you some of the things that are not on my resume. <laughs> I did not work for a major conglomerate, and I did not I did spend not. three months in white-collar prison. <laughs> I did not punch a bear in the face, although I may have ran screaming from him. I did, however, shank a fool when he was beefing on my turf. Uh... <laughs> So this heartwarming story of a child and his father. <laughs> yes, let's get back to that. Um, anyway, I mean, that's really about it. I think the hobos sum it up. You know, this is power that only the dad has. And, uh, you know, he comforted his kid. And it's not flashy and it's not glamorous, but it's, you know, it's just as important. You know, you change the world in the smallest ways sometimes. And that was kind of what I was going for with the story. Well, and I mean, that was one of the things, too, is obviously I have, you know, kind of a personal connection to, you know, to the story there being a father. And it's just one of those things where it was like it made me think of back to when I was a kid, too. And it it really came to me as kind of a play more on, like, perspectives than anything. Because, you know, when you are a kid, you know, your parents are superheroes. You know, your parents can do anything. You know, they make 
the food appear in the fridge. You know, they disappear for eight hours a day while you're at school, and then when you come back, everything is is ready for you. And it becomes that, you know, it's it, it gets to be that built-up kind of a thing, and I think it's interesting looking at it. It's like told from this outside perspective, but it's told with the you know, kind of that, the, I don't want to say naivety because it's really not, but almost the innocence and honesty of, of, of a child. And I really, really liked how you, how you put it that way and how it was, you know, well, he, you know, the father didn't, you know, feel like a superhero, you know, in kind of the classical sense, it was still, you know, it's still a power, you know, that, that ability to comfort someone, you know, with, you know, it's not, you know, leaping tall buildings in a single bound, but it's being able to calm your kid back to sleep with just a touch. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things, like I said, it's, it was very poignant to me, you know, as a father and stuff like that, just being able to, you know, kind of seeing that way. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was great in the presentation. I mean, you know that uh, you. I know that you mentioned before. You were saying that it kind of came to you when you were, you know, on one of your your walks. Um, did it come to you immediately in that form, or did it come to you in, in more general concept and it evolved into that, or you know, what did you have to do to get it to to that final form? The first thing that came to mind was just the idea of. Um, a superpower that wasn't a superpower, like somebody being who they are and being on par with a superhero because of them just being who they are. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of, that was kind of the core idea. And I, I did some back and forth between for a while, it was going to be a husband um, comforting their wife. Mm -hmm. uh, then it, it kind of went back to being, you know, a, a dad comforting their child and it, so it did a little bouncing around that way, um, but ultimately, uh, the part of the idea, and a lot of this unfortunately got cut, um, so I guess I'll kind of tie this into stuff that got cut from the story. Okay. Originally, the cell was going to be, uh, I was going to make the title a little more blatantly alluding to kind of a character like Superman, and okay. it still kind of is, but... It was going to be a little more on the nose. And mm -hmm. I was going to toy a lot more with Superman's power set. So it was going to basically be like it would talk about him hearing the scream. And you would hear like it would allude to that maybe it was super hearing. And if you went mm -hmm. in with the idea of, oh, he's telling a superhero story, you would think, oh, super hearing. And then you would hear about you know, like getting out of bed instantly and taking off and it would be super fast and mm -hmm. alluding to the weight of restless nights and all of that weighing down on him, but that he could lift it with no problem and, you know, super yeah. strength and all these things. And so I wanted it to spend, I wanted to spend a good chunk of the story building it up as if the dad was doing these heroic feats. Mm -hmm. um, and some of it is still in there. It's not all gone, but it's a little... Yeah less obvious than I was going to make it originally. Mm -hmm. It's not as played up or big. It instead is something that's a little more subtle that you kind of find after the fact as opposed to on your first reading. Yeah. And uh, then it was going to get to the reveal where the kid says dad and you find out it's just a regular guy and it's yeah. not Superman at all. Yeah. And so that was originally going to be the thing. The problem was it was just there was just way too, was just too, too much. much. Yeah. Um, as it was, there were already elements of the story that had to get cut where, you know, just describing other things. It talked about uh, a healing factor, about his heart breaking every time he saw this sort of thing and that his his heart healed after every every instance of it, which, you know, applied that this was a fairly frequent thing, that this is probably the reason why he doesn't get a lot of sleep all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just little stuff like that that ultimately had to go because I think even without it, that message still kind of comes through. Yeah. Um, maybe in different ways, maybe not as strong, but ultimately I think it's still there. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, and I agree. It's It did have that that 
resonance to it, and I did pick up on, uh, you know, on some of those some of those elements that you left in. Uh, and and again, like I said, it was it was really effective, and I thought it was really, um, it was it was a very poignant kind of take on, you know, parenthood from a a different perspective than you usually get to see it. So, you know, kudos to you. I liked it a lot, man. Thank you. Uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to write. Um, Two hundred and fifty words is a fun challenge, is what I'll say. Like, yeah, it's quick. You, it really requires a lot more thinking about, you know, focus and and drive and how to get as much characterization into something in as little space as possible. Oh yeah, because well, like, I mean, I think a lot of people would go like, "Meh, 250 words. That's way easier than than 4,000 words." And I don't know why they <laughs> talk like this, but this is what I imagine. And then you go, but it's really not. It's all about doing things in the littlest amount of space possible it's like the you know the literary equivalent of a stealth run yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to pay you know create as little of a shadow as possible um for what you're uh for what you're trying to say or what you're trying to do so so yeah um that uh that is going to conclude our story portion um i don't i think just to kind of close out my story i think i'm going to just say you know this was a a lot of fun i thought it was a really good topic um as i kind of said before uh it's my goal to kind of take a story um or what we talk about and turn it on its head so i went from comedy to a very you know touching emotional type story because I, I like to surprise people and I don't know, maybe for the next topic at some point I will go in the most blatantly obvious way and that will therefore be the most unobvious way for me. So we'll see <laughs> well, how it goes. But I think I, I don't know. I think it was a it was kind of a departure for you as well in that because, you know, again, I mean you're kinda like me in terms of you know the the wheelhouse, as we said before, where stuff you know tends to be a little bit darker, and I think that you know you did something very very you know kind of poignantly sweet and 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 genuine in a lot of ways, and I think it it came across that way really really well, so you know uh, keep doing what you're doing thanks i'm gonna i'm gonna because go it's right ahead and do that <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop me Aaron I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop. I don't. I don't want you to. Well, good. Then we're in agreement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't and, know why it became that little snarky thing there, yeah, but the show then devolves into just like name calling. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think we're getting a little, a little carried away with our silliness. Late. We've gone to some scary places. Uh, who knows what's what's gonna happen next? Uh, it's unpredictable. So you know what. I'm going to say, yeah, this is a good place to end the episode. Um, right. You know, you got two stories this week, two fairly short stories. Uh, you got some talk of uh, hobos. The ridiculousness that comes spouting out of us at these points. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're creating characters. It's character building. It's workshops. Yes. It's, it's, created it's good for you. Lazy Eye uh, Joe. Lazy Eye Joe. And Cottonmouth Smitty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, in which case, for uh, more with uh, John and I, uh, and possibly Lazy Eye Joe in the future, uh, please remember uh, you can check us out on our website at parallelwordscast.blogspot.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at parallelwordspc. Uh, make sure that you subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher Radio uh, for more. Uh, with the three of us. Uh, And for Parallel Words, I'm Aaron Green. And I'm John Jagger. Saying goodbye and hello, as always. (laughs) It gets me every time. Yeah.